0: Hello and welcome back to Recap Madness podcast, a podcast about TV by people who love TV. I am your host, Chara, and I'm here as always with my co-hosts, Mel and Crystal. And uh, today we are continuing our dive into season two of Motherland Fort Salem uh, with episodes three and four, Tiffany and Not Our Daughters. Um, so we left off in episodes one and two uh, with Ray and Abigail making it home safely after nearly dying on the terrain mission. Um, Rael finds out that she was the sole source of the witch bomb. Um, Tally becomes her younger self again. She's no longer a bitty, Um, but she's left with this lasting connection to Alder. And Abigail is met with disappointment on all fronts. First, she finds out she's not, she wasn't part of the Witch Bomb, and then in her relationship with deal, she's confronted by Kalita and pretty much told that, like, you know, that relationship isn't going anywhere. So, a lot happened in those two episodes. Um, so, let's just dive right into episode three, uh, Tiffany. Um, so, this one begins with Petra and Alder asking the president and the vice president, to open up witch text testing centers, so they can identify all the latent witches, um, so they can, you know, identify them for both conscription and also for their own protection. Because we know at this point that, you know, the Camarilla were was able to, um, they were able to identify a bunch of bellwethers and kill off that line, and no one knew who they were. Um, so the president and the vice president aren't really into it at all. Um, And then Alder does something interesting. She decides to puppet President Wade again and force her to sign the order allowing the centers. And, like, I was so surprised she did this, like, out in the open, like, right in front of Petra, right in front of the vice president.
1: I wonder, like, how did she do it? (laughs) Because it seemed (laughs) to take a lot out of her the first time she did it.
2: And this mm-hmm. time it
1: was just like, she didn't even, she barely even blinked.
3: <clears throat> I wonder if when she did it the first time, she almost had like a hook in her. So it's kind of like, instead of establishing a link, she's just like going to a link that's already there and kind of tugging at it. Ooh, that makes sense.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's it's interesting. It's just a theory. <laughs> no, that's a good theory. I was also thinking about um, like distance. Does it have anything to do with distance at all? Because the first mm-hmm. time the president was at the White House and she was at Fort Salem, but this time mm-hmm. they're in the same room.
1: Yeah. And like maybe the vice president doesn't understand what's going on, but Petra does. And yeah. that right in front of Petra.
3: <laughs> She's I like, was... I do what I want out here. <laughs> Alder is wow. She yeah. falls out.
0: I love the look on Petra's face where she just kind of like peeked over at her, like, "Really?"
3: Exactly. <laughs> this what we doing now? <laughs> Alder
1: must be like, "I am so tired of these children all the time."
3: <laughs> exactly. Every minute, every minute of the day, they're on my nerves. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just over it. Just do what I say and stop
1: fighting me. <laughs> How
0: hard is that? Well, Alder is wilding in the White House. Um, (laughs) Bellwether unit is walking and talking. And they're soaked because of something Abigail did. Um, So Tally's disappointed that they're all on different tracks. Now that they're in war college, they all have to go into their individual specialties. Um, Rayo is complaining about the continued witch bomb testing she has to do. And our girl Abigail is back on her military bullshit. Like she. <laughs> Was she ever off it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really. But she took a little. She took a little break there. She took a little emotional break. <laughs>
2: but now she's back. <laughs> um,
0: so she's learned how to throw water spouts in weather work class. she threatens Rayo with another one if she doesn't stop complaining
1: (laughs) I really wish we had seen that class (laughs) Right. it's so cute the classes are taking
3: (laughs) right that would be right can we get a little bit of that little montage at least Um, but the other thing is that I really like obviously I always like when the unit is getting along and like you know that playful teasing kind of thing and it's not going to turn into like bitter rancor it's just them you know being being themselves and i really like that
0: yeah like after everything that happened in the previous two episodes i was it was nice to see them like back in good spirits
2: yeah yeah
0: so they make their way back to their dorm and there is a woman waiting there for them Um and rayal asks you know who's the old lady and she thinks she's whispering but apparently she isn't
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like how they did that too, because like that's like a TV convention where somebody really isn't wh- on whispering, but people mm-hmm. act like they—it's like a stage whisper, and it, and it works in TV most of the time. But I like that it didn't work <laughs> this right. time. It's a nice little funny moment.
0: She definitely heard her and introduces herself as the Imperatrix, um, who is the matriarch of the Imperative. <laughs> um, and she <laughs> tells them she's responsible for the growth and continuation of witch bloodlines. Um, she calls Rayelle an outcross, which is a word we haven't heard before. And um, she knows that Tally is from the Matrifocal Compound. And then she gets to Abigail and she calls her the envy of War College. And Abigail's like, Yeah, I seriously doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> but she tells her that modesty is beneath her and to avoid it completely. acts <laughs> <laughs> oh, a
1: little hardcore. <laughs> yeah. yeah she, she's
0: That's a quite the intense. intro. <laughs> she is just a little bit intense.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: but she's there to tell them that the matrimonial season begins mm-hmm. that day. And uh, she tells them that they have to attend the Paragon reception in Bellwether Hall tomorrow night so they can start narrowing down their choices of men. And nobody looks happy about this at all.
3: <laughs> I love that. I love What a, what a change. It's like back uh, in season one, Beltane, they were ripping and roaring happy. They was like, wait a minute, we got to talk about marriage and commitment. We got all this other stuff going on. No, no, thank you, (laughs) ma'am. No, thank you. This seems like bad timing. Yes. Also, it's really
1: messed up. You're in the army and you have to breed? How's that fair? How is that
2: fair? I know.
0: I'm already fighting.
2: (laughs) Now you are (laughs) pregnant?
0: Yeah, apparently. Like, I remember Abigail said her aunt did.
1: It doesn't seem fair. I mean, they should just if they're gonna ask you to do something, they should ask you to do one thing. You can yeah. fight in the army <laughs>
3: or you <laughs> have babies or make babies. <laughs> right. You can't do both. <laughs> it would have been a good um I feel like it would have been good if in the background we saw some pregnant ladies and like if we are they in their uniform, are they not in uniform? Are they like on leave? You know, like I would love to have seen, you know. How does that
0: work? What's the logistics of this? Yeah. Yeah, we only ever hear about it because when Abigail and Charvel are talking, like she talks about how Edith was pregnant with Charvel during some battle. Um, (laughs) But that's like all we really know about it. Yeah. No wonder they're struggling for witches. Like you're asking them to do too much. You want them to fight wars and have babies at the same time.
1: I mean, they control your life from birth to death. That's
0: yeah. not fair. Not at all. So we move on and we see the Imperatrix meeting with uh, Petra and Alder. And she's talking to Petra and telling her that, you know, the bellwethers are at the end of their line. So Abigail better take this process seriously. Um, so Petra kind of tries to change the subject. And she's like, but we found new lines. Um <laughs> And the Imperatrix is just not impressed with that at all. She said those bloodlines aren't pure and she's just not interested in more outcross lines.
3: Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> she's so charming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she does I not do mince like her words.
3: Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: No, I so said she does not mince her words at
3: all. <laughs> not at all. I think I like her because she adds something that's Like, she doesn't do the calm, aggressive like Alder. She doesn't do passive aggressive like Petra. She's just aggressive. She's just very in your face. I don't have time to mince words. I'm not playing with y'all. We got stuff to do. I just like how she kind of came in there, you know, full throttle. Mm -hmm. She has one job. She does it well. She's going to do it no matter what you say.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: So oh, then Alder brings up a good point. She says that maybe the Imperative should be more concerned about how they lost track of those lines in the first place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what were they doing when these lines got lost? Um, so, but she doesn't want to hear that either. She's just <laughs> not phased by Alder at all. Like <laughs> She's scared. Um, so Alder tells her, uh, that she should know her place. And she's like, whatever, I don't report to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then kicks them out of her office.
1: I mean, if Alder didn't want her to have all that power,
3: he shouldn't have given her all that power. Right. That's an, There's so much to think about. Like, okay, so Alder was presumably the architect of most of what we see in front of us, um, you know, obviously with heavy meddling from the other, you know, pieces of the American government. And I'm just wondering, like, would she when she looks at stuff, like, you know what? I really shouldn't have made this position so, like, <laughs> separate and high and mighty.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I wonder if she even created that position, though. It's like just the conversation seems like it wasn't up to her so I don't know if that's just some kind of old witch tradition that was beyond like Alder signing the Salem Accords or
2: Mm. if she actually
0: created this
3: yeah maybe it's like traditional it was like this traditional thing that they like slurped into the army
0: right could have been
1: just the government ensuring that they had more soldiers
0: Hmm, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. is why they would probably put her outside of Alder's um, hierarchy. Yeah. So Alder couldn't order her to stop.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Or like cut out this switch line or do this. She's like, no, she's this isn't their own position.
0: Oh, Alder is not happy that she can't tell the Imperatrix what to do. Like she does everyone else. Um, so she calls her arrogant, and she and Petra walk out. Um, and Petra, I love Petra, very pointedly tells her that the danger of ha- it's that's the danger of having no one to answer to but yourself. Ooh, ooh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Petra's like, hey, you remember when you popped in the president twice? <laughs>
0: twice. The second time, right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sucks happens. when
1: you're not in charge doesn't it
0: <laughs> so Alder lets that first one go and asks her about um, the <laughs> Camarilla and she updates Petra on the situation with the Hague um, but Petra is Petra as always so she can't just let it go so she delivers one more part- parting shot and tells her that she's very good at getting people to see things her way
3: it's
0: just nonstop roast this episode. Yeah, I'm like, why are you like this? But oh, now I understand Abigail. <laughs> like,
2: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to Rayelle and she is working with Isadora, trying to get Mother Mycelium to do something, but it's not working. Um, and Isadora tells her to come back tomorrow evening, but she sticks around and starts talking to Mother Mycelium anyway. And, you know, it's Rayo being real, So she's angry and like asking why she has to die for my- the Mycelium to do anything. And finally, something starts happening. And um, Ray remembers the seed that Scylla sang to bring up the death cap mushroom. Um, so she tries that and then Mother Mycelium starts to reach out to her, but it goes left quickly, mm-hmm. and it ends up, like, choking her. But luckily, uh, Isadora came back and was able to save the day she had, like, some other seed in a box that made the Mycelium back off. I don't know I why real
1: was, <laughs> was it trying to kill her or was it trying to become one with her? Hmm...
3: hmm. Good point. I was thinking. I was. I was kind of thinking that too. Like, was it like punishing her for did she like did she mess up or was she overstepping? Um, you know, getting too big for her britches or was she, was it trying to reach out but it was just not something she handled? handle? So many avenues this could be.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Back with the imperatrix. This is a very imperatrix heavy episode. Um, so she now has Abigail in her office and she's discussing the integrity of the Bellwether line as like one of her greatest accomplishments. I'm like, okay, but what did you really do? Um, and Abigail says, you know, she's more than just traits. Um, but the Imperatrix tells her that breeding is how they win the war. And then she tells her that she wants her to hand fast with Gregorio Shellbark which Abigail is absolutely not having it. <laughs> oh, the Imperatrix tells her that, you know, she's like her mother and, you know, Petra also had a flighty side, but they were able <laughs> to get her to at least narrow it down to the three men that are Abigail's fathers.
1: Abigail is like flighty, my mother.
0: <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> Petra, are you sure? Right. <laughs>
0: Uh, Abigail wants them to extend her the same courtesy of letting her choose, and somehow the Imperatrix knows about Adil and tells her. She calls him the Earthquake Boy,
3: <laughs> <laughs> like so my grandmama. <laughs> right, that, that little Earthquake Boy.
0: Then <laughs> she tells her that there's no way a bellwether can be handfasted to someone who isn't even in the military. And for a final blow, she tells her that her timetable is going to be accelerated and her hand fasting will take place at the end of the year. So there's something about this scene that I don't understand. And that's like, if the imperative's directive is to keep witch bloodlines pure,
2: Mm -hmm. then
0: what is her problem with Adil just because he's not in the military because like who's more pure of a bloodline than the Tareem? Yeah
3: that's my um that was my feeling too um but then I was also thinking like sometimes stuff isn't logical it, you know like things in society things in society there's so many things that aren't logical like yeah that would make sense but then they also just have a kind of military supremacy in their mind. So, you know, on the one hand, it doesn't make sense that she would, you know, dismiss him out of, not only is he terrene, but he's really powerful. And it's just like, they they would make a great kid, but, but you know, it's just <laughs> kind of that military supremacy they feel. Yeah,
1: right. is ex- that exactly. It's these military families that have been around since the founding fathers and... It has to be one of those terms. There must be a lot of reading.
0: There yeah. has to be.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a lot of witch lines. <laughs> Probably.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Mel, who knows. And I think that like goes back to your theory, Mel, of like the U.S. government putting the imperative in place. Because that would explain how they don't report to Alder, but they're still invested in the military.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe that's why they don't want a deal because he's not military. That's the biggest yeah. reason. If he joined up, maybe they feel better about him being with Abigail.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Which is never going to happen.
0: He is not doing that. <laughs> Kalita would tear that whole fort down.
3: Right,
1: <laughs> and that's yeah. That's another thing because, like with Adele, you don't his allegiance is not to uh, the U.S. military or U.S. in general. It's to his family yeah. and whatever child they have. You don't know what allegiance that child is going to have. Is that child going to follow Abigail? Is that child going to follow Adele? So he's an unknown element. Mm-hmm. So I can see why she doesn't want him anywhere near her favorite bloodline.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So we go back to the unit and they're back together and discussing the events of the day. And uh, Tally asks Raelle if the mycelium tasted weird, like, which is such a Tally question. Like, that's what you ask when I almost die.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Abigail is pissed that her friends are doing these important military things, like, you know, Ray has her witch bomb, Tally has this connection to Alder, um, but she doesn't even get to choose who the father of her children is going to be. Um, then a bell rings and Tally runs off to tutor Penelope Silver. Um, and Penelope is frustrated that she can't sing the seeds correctly and she's upset about how things have changed between her and her dad since discovering she was a witch. And um, Tally brings up her mother again and tells her how her mother was upset that she joined despite her dispensation. And I don't know why Tally keeps bringing up, like, her relationship with her mother to try to make Penelope feel better. Because, like, your relationship with your mother is non-existent.
1: Exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you don't talk there at least. Yeah.
0: We have not seen you pick up a phone in I don't know how long. (laughs) Episode two. (laughs) You haven't talked to her since before you graduated. We cut to uh, Anacostia and Scylla. They're still on their undercover mission, and they're watching footage of what happened to Penelope in the church uh, with that shady couple they met. Um, And the couple tells them about how their daughter isn't allowed to play with her friend Tiffany anymore because they found out that Tiffany is a witch. Um, So while they're talking, a man comes over and they find out that, you know, he's paying these people to attend these rallies. And back in the car, um, Scylla and Anacostia argue about methods briefly before they decide we're just going to follow him and see if he leads us to any of the Camarilla higher ups.
1: It's not like being a witch is contagious. You can still play with witches,
0: right? right. (laughs) Like
1: this witch hate its a lot.
0: Yeah, Tiffany's just a witch. She doesn't have measles. It's okay.
2: (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) She doesn't have COVID.
2: (laughs) I think she had COVID.
1: Let her play with her.
0: (laughs) I feel like these people would be anti-maskers.
3: We're oh, not gonna yeah. let our child. They're all school. those things.
0: <laughs> they definitely all the things,
3: all the things that you think they'd be. They definitely are.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they fit the description. <laughs> <laughs> so the Imperatrix continues her meetings with everyone, and uh, she has Tally and Ra'el in her office this time, and she tells them she's not sure what to do with them. Um, she's kind of intrigued by Rael's recent enhancement with the witch mom, but um, Ray, of course, is not interested in any of it. She's like, I'm not interested in hand fasting or men. <laughs> 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 the Imperatrix is like, that's your duty and mentions how her mother didn't hand fast properly, which big mistake. Don't ever bring up Willa Collar to Rael. Right.
3: (laughs) Unless you (laughs) want (laughs) to fight.
0: Of course, Rael goes off and she's like, she'll make her own arrangements. And the Imperatrix calls her an insolent child in Mother Tongue. And Rael responds in Mother Tongue and calls her a mothballed old sea hag. Which, clearly, she's been hanging around Abigail too long.
3: Right! (laughs) Old-timey cuss words.
0: Right. (laughs) You calling people sea hags now? like
3: (laughs) Mothballed old sea hag. Mothballed
0: old sea hag.
3: (laughs) She added some flavor to it.
0: (laughs) Right. You and Abigail need to spend less time together.
1: (laughs) I think they spend enough time together. I think this is a good... (laughs)
0: This is a good outlet for Rams and anger. Back in training, um, the cadets are learning hand-to-hand combat, and Abigail is paired up, paired up to spar with Gregorio, which is not looking good for him. Um, we already know that like hand-to-hand combat is one of Abigail's strengths,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: and she is also already really mad about this hand-fasting situation. So. <laughs> She just takes Gregorio down in about three seconds. And he's like, are you mad at me or something? <laughs>
1: she's like, I just not pull back for Gregorio. He didn't do
0: anything. Yeah, he didn't do a thing. But she's like, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad because of you.
3: Poor baby. He is a victim.
0: Yeah, he didn't do it. He didn't do it, Abigail. <laughs> Take it out on the Imperatrix. He didn't do anything. Um, And while that's going on, Tally is sparring with M, um, but when she picks up the knife, she sees a bloody machete in her hands instead of the knife, Um, but M tells her, like, the blade is clean. I don't know what you're talking about. So, her visions are happening more frequently now, it seems like. And rail has returned to Isidore's lab to continue the experiment and Alder is in there watching. Um Rail ends up blowing out the wall, um, trying to do whatever the my, mycelium is supposed to do. Um, and that has Alder intrigued. She's like, Oh, okay, let's uh continue this weapons test. <laughs> See all of a
1: sudden like Rail's more powerful. Mycelium was trying to connect with her. Just Mm -hmm. in a way that almost killed her. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops! (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Well, she doesn't deal with people very often, so...
0: (laughs) My salient was just like, I was just trying to help you.
3: (laughs) You the one I was tripping.
0: (laughs) Right. And Now she's stronger, and she apparently speaks mother tongue. So... They go back to the room, and Rael tells Tally that she won't be attending the reception, um, which she doesn't seem upset about at all. <laughs> and Abigail tells Rael that, you know, at least she has something that sets her apart other than her womb. Um, but is like, well, you don't really sound as rah-rah as you usually do about these types of things. So, you know. Abigail, it's like she wants more for herself than than what's going on here and what she's expected to do. Um, she feels like she's living someone else's life instead of her own, which, like, that's legit. You are. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah. You are. Um, but Ray tells them, like, go enjoy yourselves with some pretty boys for the night and stop worrying about everything else.
3: I like this turn for her character because it's, it's so well earned because when we first meet her, she's so like, she's proud and happy to be part of this line. And she, um, you know, she finds a lot of comfort in how her life is planned out and how, you know, she's at the top of the heap. But slowly but surely, you know, we see probably the most, um, probably the most relevant Uh, was when we had her talking to the the person in charge of the war college, and she realized that her as an individual literally didn't matter at all. And so that kind of started her on this process, and it's been, you know, now we're here, and she's just really not rejecting what she's always learned and believed, but she's feeling, like, the pinch of it, and that's really satisfying to see in the Mm -hmm. character.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's actually starting to question this whole thing and, you know, instead of just blindly following along with it.
1: Yeah. Which is funny because you think joining the army would like be the opposite. (laughs) It would like smooth out all the doubts (laughs) and point you toward, you know, what you're supposed to believe in instead of making you question everything. Yeah.
0: She's having a rough time in the army. Like, I don't think it was supposed to go like this. Yeah.
1: It's a bad time to be a witch.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Truly. So we cut back to Anacostia and Scylla, who are still following the man, and he's been going around to different schools. Um, So finally they get to one, and Scylla wants to go in and see why he's been going to all these schools. Um, so she disguises herself as an older woman and follows him inside. And she sees that they are testing children to f- try to find out if they're witches. It's like, first of all, who authorized this? <laughs> Which right, parent... and who's funding
3: it? Good grief!
0: Yeah, like the funding. whose parents signed off on this?
1: I don't. <laughs> I don't get how they got into schools either, because like. For some schools, you can't even walk in as a stranger. Right and here, you are testing children.
3: Right. right, so you know they are caked up with um, people supporting them behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, like it seemed like the school nurse was in on it. But even then, like with yep. the ages those children were, you mean to tell me none of these kids went home and told their parents what was going on? Maybe, Maybe.
3: I remember us having to do sound like ear tests. Maybe they didn't tell them it was a witch chat test. Maybe they mm. told them it was just a simple hearing test. I, I remember having hearing test in school. Yeah, yeah, the last thing they want
1: to do is tell them it's a witch test. It's probably like they tell the parents it's just normal testing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh Yeah, they've got to have some serious funding behind this. Mm-hmm. Um, So we get back to Abigail and she is in the witch museum Nadil approaches her. He's in a good mood. He's heard about her sparring with Gregorio and, you know, he's laughing about it, but like Abigail is not in a great mood. She's not really feeling it. Um, so she's staring at a painting of Jim and tells him she doesn't want to talk about it. Um, So he looks at the painting, too, and he's like, you know, Jim seems formidable. And Abigail says she was so formidable that they've been standing in her shadow ever since, which that's real. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: Like, it seems like everything for the bellwethers goes back to Jim. And it's all trying to live up to what Jim did. Which you would think after all this time, they'd have something else to work toward by now. But no. But she tells him about the working that Jim used to stop a war and says no one has been able to recreate it since. Um, And Jim's journal has been under lock and key since before her grandma's time. Um, And Adil tells her that there's nothing wrong with revering your elders. Um, But Abigail is like, yeah, but being defined by them is different. Mm. (laughs) Which that is true. And All that wisdom, ma- <laughs> and he makes the argument that well, being defined by them is the basis of tradition, and that's when it goes left. Abigail's like, "Well, tradition has gotten you in enough trouble um, because you're," and she says that his tribe just lay down and died instead <laughs> of fighting the Camarilla.
2: Abigail, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, girl, <laughs> oh, girl. <laughs>
1: You, you just hurt to so just hold back your words just a couple of times. Just do it a little bit. Get into Why? He's <laughs> not hold back She's not wrong. <laughs> she shouldn't have said it. Exactly. I
0: just need exactly. her to reel it back. <laughs> Should have kept that in the internal monologue. Not
1: exactly. <laughs> you just say it to somebody. You say it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Tally. Don't tell Adele. He already feels bad.
0: Yeah, just just pull it back a notch. Like you like this man. <laughs> Why would you say that?
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: This is one of those times when I remember she's a teenager.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, of course Adele is offended, as he should be. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, you know, his tribe was ambushed and murdered, and she of all people should know how the Camaria operate, which she deserved that one. <laughs> um, but she argues with him that, you know, tradition isn't always the way, and says that maybe it's time for another bellwether to build a working to stop a war while he's walking away angrily. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, she, she took that one too far. Like
2: Yeah. She's angry. <laughs> she she still, he,
3: exactly and she pushes she she tends to push outward when she's she angry does. like that. She lashes yeah. out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Next time keep that one in the drafts. Just do not put that one out there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I guess she sees
1: that the Tareem they're so powerful. And what are they using that power for? Nothing. At least to her. Yeah, Yeah, me too, as
3: as a viewer. I'm saying, (laughs) (laughs) baby.
0: Yeah. She's not definitely not entirely wrong in her assessment of it, but just you could have put that differently.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And not in the heat of an argument. Right. And, like, all
1: she wants to do is be powerful. And she's, like, fighting so hard to be that.
0: Yeah. And I think she sees all of these people like, you know, Adil and Raelle that have all these power and all this power, and they're either not using it or don't want it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Raelle, uh, we continue on with her, and she's on her way to the weapons test with Alder. Um, And while she's on her way, she's in the truck talking to Alder. And uh, Abigail goes off to find Tally to let her know that she is not coming to the reception. Um, She tells Tally that something important has come up and Tally offers to come help, but she tells her, no, she has to do this herself and tells Tally not to tell anyone what she's doing, which is not hard because she has not said what she's doing yet. (laughs) Like you have literally told no one what you're doing. So I don't think Sally can <laughs> tell. <a>
1: bad plan. <laughs>
0: we know whatever she's up to is ridiculous because she hasn't <laughs> told anyone. <laughs> so Scylla and Costa and Acostia continue on with their mission, and they're still following that same man. Um, And Scylla tells Anacostia that it looks like the Camarilla have been doing that testing for a while. Um, And Anacostia puts it together, and she realizes that that's how they found all the lost bellwethers that they killed. Um, So Scylla disguises herself again, and she gets out of the car to go see what he's doing. And then the man walks up behind her and catches her. But lucky for her, Anacostia was there. And she came to the rescue and knocked him out.
1: Okay, I get how you test the kids, but how are you testing the adults?
0: I'm wondering if they tested the kids and then just traced it back. So they tested Mm. the child and then found the parents and then the grandparents and just, like, traced it it back
2: that way. Okay, that makes sense.
3: What an insidious plan. That is so awful. It is so bad
0: especially when you think about like the lost bellwethers who didn't even know they were descended from bellwethers. Like they have no idea what's coming. So we get to the reception and Tally is standing around looking nervous. Gregorio walks up and brings her a drink and he tells her, you know, not to worry and that he has her back and that they go off to uh, start mingling with the the rest of the people there.
1: He's a nice guy.
0: I mm-hmm. like Gregorio a lot. I
1: like Gregorio. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Abigail's <was> tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Gregorio was nice. And good looking.
1: And good looking, yeah. I
0: bet mean, he smells nice. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Be like Petra. Find yourself three men. You can have Adele on the side. Adele have... who probably doesn't even want you right now.
3: <laughs> right.
0: Adele is out at this point. <laughs> but if you can get him back, you can have them both. Right.
3: Because that's how this thing rolls.
0: Uh, we get to the uh weapons test, and Alder is joined by the vice president and members of the Hague delegation. And all just a little shocked because she said she was expecting President Wade, which, like, why? <laughs> why would you be be expecting her after you puppeted her? You think that woman doesn't know you did that?
1: She didn't know the first time.
0: I thought she did.
1: I don't think so. Did she
3: not know? Because
0: hmm. if she knew, wouldn't she have
1: done
3: something? Yeah, I was, I, yeah, I was of the same mind that, like, mm. she may not Real, uh, it's i don't I don't know i I'm actually kind of conf- at this point, I'm kind of confused about what she knows and what she doesn't know because I'm like, how does she not know, but at the same time, if she, if her will will was truly subverted and not just puppeted in the moment, then she may not know
2: mm.
0: yeah, maybe it's Which one just, of those things where like you have a feeling that something happened, but you can't quite pin down what it was. But, uh, the vice president tells Alder that President Wade has come down with some kind of bug, which that's a lie. Um, but Petra walks Rail down to the test site and she's being all reassuring and trying to keep Rail calm. Um, and the test begins and Rail delivers. She blows up a bunch of stuff and everyone is shocked.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and pretty mushrooms grew up in the landscape. <laughs>
0: right I wonder if the mushrooms do anything like do they cause like do they cause some kind of lasting damage to the landscape or are they just pretty to look at I need them to explain this witch bomb thing to me like I'm five (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so we get back to the reception And Tally is talking to some boring boy who can't stop talking about his family for whatever reason. Um, And in the middle of that conversation, she starts to have a vision and she sees that redacted soldier crying and like yelling at Alder about stealing her work. And Tally just like falls to her knees in shock at what she saw and everyone like runs to her to see what's going on. These visions, like, she's getting all the tea. Right.
1: (laughs) Also, it's good strategy. If you don't want to can fast with anybody, let them think you're crazy.
0: (laughs) Right. That's true. They go back to their room, and Rail's back, and she's talking to Tally about what she saw. And uh, Tally tells her that, she now knows that the redacted soldier's name is Nicta. Um, Tally changes the subject and she starts to ask Raelle about her night. Um, Rayle tells her she blew up a bunch of stuff in front of the vice president and brass from the Hague. And Ray asks Tally if um, they finally noticed that Abigail isn't there. So she's like, "Bells didn't come home last night," and like assumes that she must have had a lot of fun at the reception and just spent the night somewhere else. Um, but Tally tells her that Abigail didn't come to the reception. And that's when they see a storm starting outside the window, which we know who that is.
2: Uh, Ooh, Abigail. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so outside. They... Oh, go ahead.
3: No, I was just saying they don't monitor these fucking uh, no. people enough. They don't monitor these kids enough. That's
0: the problem. They're just running around doing whatever they want.
2: Exactly.
0: I'm like, isn't this a military base? Isn't there supposed to be like security? Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something. But no, Scylla's walking out whenever she wants. Rail took a bunch of salva and flew off. No problem. Abigail's out doing whatever. So the outside, Adil is walking across the campus as the weather tar- starts to turn. And like he immediately realizes it's Abigail and runs to look for her. And he finds her in a field trying to spin two tornadoes at the same time. Um, and she loses control of them, collapses, and starts coughing up blood. Which, like, girl, what are you doing?
3: Mm-hmm. She's <laughs> trying to be great. <laughs> right. Trying to escape her
1: humdrum <laughs> existence. You know, if everybody had been telling her all her life that she was bellwether and she needs to overachieve, maybe she'd calm down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She can't accept that she can be just an ordinary witch and it's going to be okay. She has to be extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She has to outdo gym bellwether.
1: Or at least get up to her level.
0: She tried, but you might be taking this on a little soon. Like you're not even, you just got to war college. You've had exactly three classes.
1: Just learned water, water spouts.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And then you're like, oh, tornadoes. I got this.
0: Take <laughs> <laughs> like Two tornadoes. Great. No. You haven't double an exact... strand
3: twisting <laughs> tornadoes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is advanced. You just learned water spouts. Like, calm down. <laughs> that is where this episode ends. Uh, so we're gonna take a quick break for a short message from our sponsor, and when we get back, we'll be diving into episode four. Not our daughters. Welcome back, witches. Uh, We are now going to dive into episode four, Not Our Daughters. And this one already starts off with some BS. Um, This episode starts with a military propaganda commercial that's starring Alder encouraging people to answer the call by getting tested, which, like, what in the Uncle Sam? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like who like why <laughs> I feel like you should have gone with something if you were trying to encourage people to get tested and there's already all this tension and people don't feel like it's fair they don't want their daughters joining like, I feel like you should have gone with something a little more contemporary
1: <laughs> I think you should have gone with the truth
3: Either join us or the career will kill you. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this was just really very like tone deaf and not a well thought out plan on their part. Mm -hmm. you don't have a marketing team or nothing? Like what?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think their marketing team is all in the military, so they buy into it they need to hire like an outside consultant for these things. Yeah,
3: they (laughs) they should have. That was, that was a um, mess up on their part.
0: Yeah.
3: You know, actually maybe since Alder has
1: always been the military, she is uncle Sam. (laughs) This has been. (laughs) (laughs) This has been like their um, marketing since marketing was
3: happening for the military. It's always been her. And you would think a really pretty lady would be a good uh, <laughs> thing, like a tent pole to you know rally around, but nope.
0: No, they're like we know who she is. <laughs> so we back at Fort Salem. Um, Adele is helping Gregorio study for Mother Tongue when Abigail walks up. And, like, Adil is clearly still very mad at her for what she said. Which, again, don't blame him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is absolutely right to be mad. Uh, Gregorio clocks the tension, and he is just, like, makes an excuse to leave so they can continue their argument without him. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. Um, Adele asks if anyone knows the weather was her and asks her why she just doesn't break it. Um, But she says her throat is blown out and the fixers, you know, they looked at it and they said she's on the mend. She tries to smooth things over with him by inviting him to come with her to get some tea with honey. Um, But he declines and says that he has to go pack his bag. Um, He's going to India with Kalita to try to find a new home for their people. Which she looks pretty broken about. But it's what you deserve after what you said to him.
1: Aw, I felt a little bad for her. Abigail's like all sharp edges. (laughs) 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 But she tries. Right, (laughs) She just needs to like grow a little and learn some tact and <laughs> learn how to soften some of those edges.
0: Where is she gonna learn that from? You know who her mother is.
1: She can learn it from not so much rayal, but like Tally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely not Chihuahua Rael <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Abigail decides to go take her frustrations out on some mannequins with the, you know, billion-dollar mannequin budget they have. Um, and she's getting in some practice with two scourges uh, while Tally is still researching, trying to find out about this NICTA situation. And um, Tally is still clearly a little mad at Abigail for ditching her at the
3: reception. <laughs> But it's, it's like a cute mad, not like a yeah. real mad. <laughs> yeah, no, no.
0: It's it's a playful mad.
2: <laughs>
0: she's not gonna like punch her in the face anytime soon or anything.
2: <laughs> um
0: but Rayle walks in on their conversation about Adil and jokes that he's leaving because Abigail's voice isn't sexy anymore. Um, so we get a little of the bellwether confidence back when she's just like, what about this isn't sexy? <laughs> 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 like what do you mean um, and Tally is saying she's a little skeptical of Alder because like none of the history books show her being at the battle but like she clearly saw her there in her vision Um, so she knows there's some kind of cover up going on here it's like I feel like that was obvious from Nikta being hidden in the picture like they're trying to erase something here.
1: I mean, yes. But at the same time, Talon, do you really know where these visions are coming from?
0: Hmm, that's a good question.
3: I, 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 it's interesting because it clearly, <clears throat> it almost seems like you know, there, there's some. It's almost like the connection she had with Alder. It's like something or someone wants her to know certain things before it, like, leaves her, like,
2: fully leaves her or something. I don't know. Yeah, that would make sense.
0: I wonder how many times they've done something like that, like, reversing somebody from being a bitty.
2: Maybe it's the first.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine just having somebody know... Not necessarily all your secrets, but be, be in your head, be privy to your thoughts, and letting that person go, especially Alder. Yeah. Like, Alder out here breaking laws left, right, and center. <laughs> you can't let people go. <laughs> you know that.
2: So,
0: in Alder's office, um, Petra is explaining to Alder why she had Anacostia work with Scylla. And Alder is not happy that her orders to ship Scylla to prison weren't followed. So Alder just kind of dismisses Petra, tells her to give them the room. And she starts to question Anacostia, like, since when do you answer to Petra? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Uh, And Anacostia is not really having it. She confronts her about puppeting the president. Alder tells her that she didn't give her permission to speak freely, and and Akasia is like, I didn't ask.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Everybody Mm. is just pulling up on Alder this season.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She is just getting roasted from all sides.
1: (laughs) You get it. This is what you get. (laughs) Even your most trusted ally. It's like turning against you. Right. right. You need to like, you know, take stock. Look, look at what you've been <laughs> doing, girl. <laughs> Eventually it just gonna be you and the biddies. Because they can't, they don't have a choice.
0: Yeah. Right. And the biddies look all scandalized when Anacostia says that. Like, I need somebody to gift that for me. Like the biddies <laughs> looking, <at, laughs> looking at each other. <laughs> They're just looking at each other. Like, did she really say that? But Alder gives Anacostia new orders and Anacostia is like, with all due respect, it's Petra's operation. And Alder's like, but it's my army. Like, doesn't seem like it <laughs> at this <point.
3: laughs> Right. The way these ladies just do what they want. <laughs> We're
0: catching it from Petra, Anacostia, the Imperatrix. like. <laughs> Is it really your army? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we cut back to the Spree safe house and Scylla is debriefing Willa on what she and Anacostia found out. Uh, And while she's talking, she steals a picture of rail off of the refrigerator. And uh, Willa of course has noticed and she tells her she can keep it and that she misses her too. Um, well, what is with Willa always cooking these mushrooms all the time?
1: I never even noticed they're mushrooms. I just
3: see her cooking.
2: Yeah, I, oh, it's yeah, I, did, I didn't realize it was
3: mushrooms. Good eye.
0: <laughs> it's always mushrooms. Like, who is eating all these mushrooms?
3: <laughs> she has a very specific diet. Uh.
0: So, Alder goes off on her military propaganda press tour, and uh, (laughs) there's a huge protest outside, which, for some reason, she seems shocked by and I'm like, why? Um, But the crowd is chanting, not our daughters, and then we see some people get off a bus, and they start to plant some items that look like bombs around the venue, like... I oh, don't know, I am so baffled by, like, Alder's shock that people I, don't want this.
1: I think Alder is really divorced from the common people. <laughs> <laughs> so, she just stays in the military with military people and military families who want to be there. So, like, I don't think she understands, like, she didn't even see the Camarilla coming in, so the Camarilla, like, on top of her.
0: Even though everybody kept saying that Camarilla are back, we think this is the Camarilla. And she's like, no, I eradicated them. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> she could be really for what's going on.
0: <laughs> I've eliminated that threat 300 years ago. Like, no. No, you did
3: so not, she doesn't
1: see She doesn't see like how the hate has grown since like these spree attacks have been happening. She doesn't
0: see the common people. She just sees yeah. the military yeah he definitely exists in a bubble Mm
3: -hmm. yeah
2: (sighs) and that other
3: thing about that is that like they're um the protectors of the united states and all this kind of stuff and the protectors of the civilians but because they're in that bubble there's no real connection to the actual work they're doing it's just this is what my duty is but you don't really have a connection to the people you're supposedly protecting. So, you know, and they don't have a connection to you. And so that's already like a faulty situation, you know, just right there, then and there.
0: Right. Yeah, because we really never see them interact with civilians other than when they went to that pageant or festival or yeah.
3: whatever. It and it didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So we get back to uh, Fort Salem, and the Bellwether unit is having lunch with Petra, and everyone's eating except Abigail. Her throat's still bothering her, so she's just sipping hot water instead. Um, Of course, Petra is talking to her about her hand-fasting prospects, and she tells her that Gregorio is in high demand, which, of course, he should be. Um. (laughs) (laughs) What Abigail says! Abigail,
2: <laughs>
3: oh, I need her to reel it back. <laughs>
1: oh, keep going. Keep going.
0: Abigail's like that's because he's a safety school with a penis.
3: <laughs> 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 very nice. Very very nice, Abigail.
0: And it You're almost
3: to do anything to you, Abigail.
0: <laughs> Why are you on this man's neck like this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, she's forcing him on her.
0: And poor Rael almost chokes After hearing that (laughs) Abigail's like isn't fighting the Camarilla More important than hand fasting right now And Petra's like no I mean there's more than one way to fight And she tells her that their family Has to fight back in any way they can After Charvel Um, But Petra changes the subject and she congratulates Rael on her work during the weapons test. And then Tally takes that opportunity to ask Petra about the battle in Liberia. And while Tally's talking to Petra, uh, Ray calls Abigail out on inviting them just to keep her mom off her back about Gregorio. <laughs> 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 um, so Petra tells Tally that the battle she's wondering about was before her time. And she might want to find a source that was closer to it. So, she didn't get what she wanted out of that. Well,
1: so. Even your intelligence officer does not know you were in the battle? What's yeah. the point of having an intelligence officer?
0: Yeah, I thought that was interesting that Petra said that, like, intelligence has a hard time keeping up with Alder's whereabouts.
3: Alder does what Alder does yeah yeah I guess that's why everybody, you know, everybody in this army, like, just doesn't follow rules and just bucks orders and does what they want because <laughs> you know, it comes from the top <laughs> that kind of
2: moving.
0: They are definitely following Alder's lead on that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so they go back to the room, and uh, Rail is looking through the cards for all their suitors, which. Like, they have playing cards for this. <laughs> <like>.
1: <laughs> They're thorough. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> so, Raelle's looking through the cards, but Abigail's distracted. Um, Raelle asks her if she's all right, and she says she keeps failing at everything. The witch bomb and a deal. Um, and Ray tries to comfort her by asking her if Tally failed with Garrett or if she failed with Scylla. And Abigail's like, you definitely did not win. <laughs> Which... I <laughs> mean, true. Points were made. Um, so, but Rael tells her that, you know, they're all stronger for their experiences. Um, but she's also not convinced that Abigail and Adil are done. Um, and Abigail's favorite person comes in, Gregorio. <laughs> um, <laughs> Here I is. <laughs> here, um, So he comes to tell them that they have orders coming down from the general. And they go listen to those. Um, em is telling them what's going on. And Gregorio makes the mistake of mentioning deal. <laughs> and Abigail tells him he should worry about his own love life. Since apparently he's in demand. And he was like, you seem surprised by that.
3: <laughs> which she shouldn't be. Like, of course he's in demand, right. He's fine. He's charming. Come on. What else right.
0: do you need <laughs> <laughs> So M is telling them that Alder wants them at the testing center to put people at ease, which I don't know who came up with this plan. Again, they need like a better marketing team. <laughs> this is not. How is having soldiers at the testing center going to put people at ease?
1: Um. I guess this show, like, people who have been through boot camp and are in war college. And look, aren't they happy? Aren't they healthy? Don't they seem like they want to be here?
2: Don't you yeah. want to join
1: them? They look awesome. Join I my do. gang. It's a gang. Join a gang. Join my gang. <laughs>
3: But then also, like, I just feel like, okay, so you can have that, and then at the same time, like you said, be a little bit more real, like, we have these threats, and, you know, we can, it's kind of like a lie to say we can quote-unquote protect you from threats when your job is literally to lay your life down in battle, so you can't really quote-unquote protect them, but like, you know, there's strength in numbers, you know, and just kind of
0: you know, push that idea. Yeah. What
3: they don't know
1: is that they're going
3: to go to boot camp
1: and a lot of them are going to be sent to the front line without yeah. any of the knowledge they would have gotten from war college.
0: Yeah. Right. You don't, and you they're don't get to learn mother tongue. Like, they're just sending you out there with no weapons.
1: <laughs> but let's not tell them that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell them, like, the real deal. <laughs>
0: Like, be real, like, okay, if you get sent to the front lines, we are not going to teach you mother tongue first and you don't get to learn about off canon work. So basically, you're just going to (laughs) die. And then I don't know why she why would you pick. Well, not I won't even say the whole bellwether unit, because like Tally, Okay, good example. But why would you pick Abigail and Raelle to be like the face of this thing? Like the two most miserable looking people (laughs) in the world.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was purely TV plot stuff because they are not good choices. (laughs) No. Like, pick the
0: happy people Talia, understand. Glory Moffat, like, you could have picked her. Rail and Abigail. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not smart. So, before they leave, Em uh, stops Ray and Tally, and she tells Ray that she's on Alder's personal security detail. And then she tells Tally that she won't be taking the bus, but we don't know where she's going. So, back with Anacostia and Scylla, they are sitting at in the car near the testing center, still keeping an eye on that same guy that they confronted. And they see him approach a security guard when the shady couple they keep running into um, walks up and they realize that like things are getting really ugly at the protest. So Tally ends up uh, riding in the limo with Penelope and her dad. And Vice President Silver can't seem to say the right thing to Penelope at all. Like everything he's saying is just making her mad. Um, <laughs> And she tells him that, you know, she's the same person she was before, but she's also a witch. And that if he can't accept that, then he's no better than the protesters, which, legit.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. That's still your daughter, so why are you acting like this?
2: Um,
0: and Alder, Penelope, and Sekhmet take the stage, and the crowd is booing already. Like, as soon as Alder <laughs> walks out, Boo. <laughs> Cilla <laughs> so sees Raelle up there and she wants to leave. Um, Penelope goes up to the mic and starts a seed to show what she can do. She's like manipulating some water, and the crowd is just not at all impressed. Again, I have to question the marketing on this. Like, what was that supposed to do for them?
1: <laughs> I guess this show, like, because Penelope. Like everybody knows her story that she mm-hmm. was just discovered to be a witch. Mm-hmm. And look at how far she's come. Yeah. Look at this amazing thing she can do. It'll be like a waterbender.
2: Who <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't want I to do that? <laughs> <She's poorer now. laughs> I think
3: they don't they they. I think they fully underestimate how much this distaste the public has for them. And also uh, something that's like you know, left unsaid is that the public does, like when the the witches are fighting their wars or whatever, the public is largely like, doesn't really care. But the idea that maybe their kid is gonna get conscripted into the army, like they didn't care about like some other kids, some witch kids being conscripted, but the idea that there, you know, might be some latent witches in their line and they might get conscripted, that's when they, you know, that made it even more hateful towards the military and witches. Right. That's a terrible place to be in. It's really bad.
0: It
1: is. Being a
3: witch in this universe. Yeah. I want to kind
1: of say that, like, I feel like even though Alder is living in a bubble and doesn't see what's going on, Petra should have known. Yes. Yes. Petra should have seeded that crowd with pro-witch people. Yes, yep.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: The Camarilla yeah. has got this down. Like, they have got the propaganda down. They are, are getting their numbers up. They are, like, taking over crowds and, like, taking over audiences. And the, it, the Witch Army is doing nothing. You can't just keep going on as if everything is the same and nothing has
3: changed. There's been a big seismic shift. yeah. Mm-hmm
0: adapting she, is not their strong suit. No,
3: not at all. And it's like Petra, you know, you could, you know, in my in my mind, I'm thinking like Petra keeps her, you know, if it's not um <laughs> if it's not Fort Salem intrigue, she keeps her mind on like foreign bodies like attacking America or whatever. Like that's where, you know, her strong suit is. But you're absolutely right. She should have been paying attention to the simmering hatreds of the actual people they're protecting. Like, they should not be caught unawares.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, the crowd is not impressed. Um, Alder speaks. The crowd continues to boo, um, even though they're bringing up the first potential recruit uh, to the testing center. And it's clear that, like, she is just terrified by this angry mob surrounding her. Um. And some men jump over the barriers and they throw a Molotov cocktail at Alder, which Rail warns her in time for her to duck, and it hits the American flag behind them and sets that on fire.
1: Symbolism. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's time for my um e- episode, I guess, Alder Thirst. <laughs> 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 But when she stood, kind of standing up with the fire in her eyes, whew, that was good luck. <laughs> that
3: would have won me over. Yes, you can have my daughter. Go ahead, girl. Do what you're
1: going <laughs> to do. <laughs> I mean, I would have thought she was gonna literally set that audience on fire with her mind. <laughs> she had that look on her face like, I will do this. <laughs>
2: She
0: did have the the Drew Barrymore and Firestarter look. <laughs> so Alder goes into the testing center, and they are testing the first potential recruit. And it turns out that she is a witch, and Alder welcomes her. Um, Abigail and Real. Was happy. Hmm.
1: She was happy to find out she was a witch.
0: Yeah, she was. She seemed relieved and happy.
3: Yeah, it's like, you know, finding a place to belong for some, that's, you know, because they probably always kind of felt something was off. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she did mention that, like, she always felt different. So, she's happy to be accepted and Abigail and Rail are watching her as she says goodbye to her boyfriend, and Abigail's being cynical. um, She says that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the army is going to eat her alive, and Rael's like calling her out, like, whatever, you don't have to be okay about Adil. Um, but she's, you know, she admits to it and says she isn't. And she tells Rael about how she blamed him for the death of the Tarim, and that's why he left. Um, and Ray, like any reasonable person, is like, why
3: would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you, you
2: donkey?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, all you know better and you still do it. <laughs> right. I know,
3: girl, damn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't know. I just don't know.
2: <laughs>
0: she doesn't even know why she said it. Inacostia uh, so warns Alder that the Camarilla are on site and they have <laughs> something in motion, but she doesn't know exactly what. Um, Alder tells them to keep the negatives inside for a while and to get her general bellwether. Um, so Alder and Petra discuss their options, and Alder says that for today, they should keep up the lie and say it's the spree. Oh,
3: uh-huh.
2: man.
3: It was! Like, what is wrong with y'all? <sighs>
0: again like again we're gonna keep up this lie about the spree
3: <laughs> who does it serve
1: i don't know but like people are literally dying because of the yeah. camera the
2: and like, longer okay. you
3: keep this silent, the worse it's gonna be yeah and, and yeah. it's like okay so so the big issue is that people don't trust witches because the spree are killing the you know populace and so you know you you're gonna say okay here's some more killings made by witches and it's just like no tell them that there's like other you know pieces on the board now
0: yeah I really wish they had explained in detail what her logic was for this because it doesn't make any sense
3: other than no cause I was about to say maybe you want them to think that the the spree killing um uh, which is now puts them all in the same boat or something, but like it's, it's, that's going to fall apart the minute, you know, we reveal cause you're going to have to reveal that it's not the spree anymore.
0: Right. And we've already had that moment where Willa, you know, has the soccer stadium saying our ancient enemy has returned.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah,
0: it's just, I wasn't following her logic on this one. Like, why are we still trying to put this on the spree at this point? Okay, maybe
1: because the spree are attacking everyone. The Kimri are specifically targeting witches. So if they let out that there is a group that is specifically targeting witches, it's unlikely that they'll get people stepping forward to announce that they're a witch they'll probably work <laughs> even harder to go underground after that.
3: Yeah, they, you make a good point there, but but yeah. if if you, if you impress upon them they're finding you anyway. So you might as well get an army around you to keep you safe. I don't know. I just feel like it's still I I see your 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 explanation, but I also think that I don't know.
0: Yeah. I see that, but I feel like If that's the case, then this would have been a prime time to tell people like, hey, look, we have this other enemy out there. They're targeting witches like they're they killed, you know, a whole line of bellwethers. They're in schools. They're in your schools. They're they're in your schools. They're testing. So if you let us know who you are, we can all work together to try to keep you safe.
1: I mean, I think once they found out they were testing children, they should have come out with it. <laughs>
3: yeah. Actually, you know what? I, I, that, that would be a good barrel, like a good bullet to have. But they're in the middle of the investigation. and The minute they said that publicly, they would know that they had traitors and they would almost certainly um, rat out uh, uh, Scylla and Anacostia undercover. Like they would have blown their cover if that were the case. Like, they're still trying to gather. Like, this is this is that, like, critical place where they're gathering information on this investigation. So they would have stymied that investigation if they said that part.
0: Yeah, that's true.
3: And maybe that's also the reason why they're trying to, you know, going back to our original I-don't-get-it uh, reaction. Maybe that's also part of it. They're still trying to get as close as possible so that when they say, yeah, the is back, they've already got them. Like they've already, you know, dropped the, you know, dropped the hammer on them or whatever.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So it's clear that something is going on at the venue um, and Vice President Silver tries to leave before anything goes down. And he's trying to convince Penelope to come with him, but she's refusing. Um, She said she doesn't want to run um, so, he tells her that, like, once you're trained and deployed, there's nothing I can do to protect you. At least let me protect you while I can. Aww. And she finally agrees to uh, leave with him.
1: Bill <laughs> don't uh. like you, dude, but you try.
0: <laughs> he did. He he was a father in that moment. Um, so, back at the stage, uh, Sekmet is still up there, and M is trying to hear their orders so she can relay them to the rest of the team, but the far speech is glitching out and she can't hear. Um, Suddenly they all hear this high-pitched tone that hurts their ears, and Abigail starts to hear Charvel's voice speaking to her. Um, And Tally tells her that, like, obviously it can't possibly be Charvel. Um, and she realizes that whoever is messing with their far speech is also messing up her sight. Um, so they all walk off to try to figure out what's going on, but Abigail's still hearing Charvel's voice and she follows it in a different direction alone. Oh God. This was, yeah, this was a terrible, <laughs> this is a terrible scene. Um. So, she follows that voice into an underground parking garage, and, of course, she does not find Charvel there. Um, It's the Camarilla, and they want to finish what they started at Charvel's wedding. And just as she was about to turn around and get out of there, a van van pulls up with more Camarilla agents, and they start blocking her magic using a tone. I think that was a really... Yeah, it's crazy, and also just sad for Abigail, because, like, of course she knows, like, Charvel is dead, but still, she has to follow this voice.
3: I wonder, I wonder if, well, I was about to say, like, what, did it have any kind of, like, quality, like, did the tone have qualities of, like, lowering one's inhibitions, because, like, Yeah, like you said, like she knows this girl is dead, so why is she following the voice? But, like,
0: yeah,
3: it's really, it was that was a pretty, like, you know, especially for a calm ish episode, this was a pretty dark scene, Mm
0: -hmm. right? So, Tally and the rest of Sekhmet locate the bomb, and M tells them to start moving everyone back. They're trying to move this crowd, but no one's listening to them. They don't want to hear it. Um, The bomb goes off and everyone gets knocked down by what I'm assuming is a sound wave. And when they get back up, they realize that Abigail's not with them. Um, So back in that garage, Abigail is fighting the Camarilla. She has her two scourges and... She's managing to knock out most of the voice boxes that they're using, but then they cut the ends off of her scourges. So she has nothing else to fight with. Um, And she knocked out enough of their signal to start using her magic again. But of course, she's destroyed her throat, so she can't sing her seeds. Um, So the Camarilla attack and they hold her down. And just as they start cutting her throat... Um, M and Tally arrive, and Tally, Tally does. I love how Tally like doesn't even attempt to fight the Camarilla soldier. She is just beeline into Abigail.
1: Yeah, and, like,
0: that she's was sweet. like. Yeah, she's like M. M has this. M can take care of the rest of the Camarilla. I'm getting mm. to my girl. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: When M was like, "I'm really gonna enjoy this," I'm like, yep
0: <laughs> <laughs> You sure did, M.
1: I'm gonna oh, enjoy it. watching you do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need more M. Yes, please. more M scenes, please. Poor Abigail, she just goes through it. Uh, yeah, she is having the worst time. Like ever since, like halfway through season one, <laughs>
3: <laughs> it just started falling apart for
2: her.
0: Oh yeah, Tally like runs straight to her, and she's like holding her while she's just sobbing and, um, back outside Anacostia tells Scylla it's time for them them to go. Cause like everything's going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Scylla sees rail um, and someone throws a rock and hits rail in the head and rail turns around and she actually catches a glimpse of Scylla for a brief moment. But then she's distracted when someone runs into her and when she turns back around, Scylla is gone. Um, but she goes to the spot where she was standing and she finds a picture of herself. So obviously, Scylla was really there because who else would have a picture of her?
3: Exactly. And then also, it's like a picture she's not seen of herself, or maybe she has seen of herself, but like, where would she, have, she didn't, she, knows she didn't give it to Scylla. So where would it have come from?
0: Right. Yeah, that's a question I had when I saw that. I was like, does she, has she seen this picture before? Like, is anything going through her mind about where Scylla might have gotten this picture? Mm -hmm. Um, But back at Fort Salem, Petra and Aldera are talking and Petra's telling her that, you know, Isadora is already working to crack the Camarilla mines that they recovered and uh They're watching some things on the news and the media is convinced that it was the spree carrying out the attack. Um, But, you know, while they're talking, Petra is distracted. Um, She's worried because they attacked Abigail again, which is a legit worry for her to have. Like, at this point, like, they are clearly and very specifically targeting
3: bellwethers
0: in a way that they're not targeting anyone else.
3: Yeah. Cause
0: that's like the crown jewel of the military. Yeah. So we get to the infirmary and Abigail's there. Tally and Rael are sitting there with her and Tally asks Rael if she really thought it was Scylla. Um, Rael says that she'd know those eyes anywhere, but she's like, it doesn't matter right now. Um, and at that moment, Abigail wakes up and she's like, what does it matter? Um, so Tally tells her that she's been sedated and Raelle asks her if she's okay. And she's like, not really. Um, and she starts talking about how the Camarilla came for her, just like they came for Charvel. And there wasn't a thing she could do about it. And she says that she walked right into their trap because of Charvel. And she feels like she failed at saving her. And it's just a really like heartbreaking moment. Because we were used to Abigail, like, in the first season, having all this confidence and, like, being so sure of herself. And now she is just, like, absolutely destroyed.
3: Yeah. And I think that that is, I mean, in terms of a character, a character growth, it's like, it feels like, you know, she's being beat up on. But I really just feel like she's being forged. Yeah. Because when she came in, she had some real unrealistic almost plastic views. Um, and now it's like every, like she has to become the person she's going to become. Like she has to make the decision. What does she value? What is actually going on? What is actually real? What is actually important to her? And, and, you know, and that takes pain. Like she's going through a crucible right now, but it's hopefully going to forge her into something stronger.
2: Right.
0: Right. I hope so. Because they are really putting her through it.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Raelle, uh, being the voice of reason for once, is like, don't <laughs> put that on yourself. <laughs> and, um, and she tells her that, you know, Alder put it on the spree um, to keep people from panicking, which I still have not reconciled how that was supposed to work.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and abigail says that alder you know told her they didn't have to worry about the camaria and told her to let it go and then she's just like done with the whole thing she just rolls over and goes back to sleep like i'm not dealing with this right now <laughs> um, which is good plan because just just don't even think about it just- um, and Rail tells Tally that they're hunting Abigail, and all Alder does is lie, which that is the truth.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed.
0: <laughs> and Tally said that, you know, Alder does what she does, and it's always someone else's life she's playing with, which also that is the truth. Um,
3: <laughs> that girl's <and> spitting. <laughs> she is.
0: And then, like, Tally you know, Tally has had enough. She storms off and <laughs> um, she barges into Alder's office. You know, the biddies are like hissing at her. Like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a lot going on.
0: <laughs> yeah. But she barges into Alder's office, and we end the episode with Tally demanding that she tell her who Nick the Baton is. Which goes, Tally.
3: <laughs> right. Again, infants barging into our office yelling at her.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes for Tatley on the next episode.
1: <laughs> I was like straight up yeah, the girl. chihuahua rail handbook.
0: Just straight. Yeah. <laughs> it is. That was definitely a rail move.
1: But even Rail would like have take a moment before confronting Alder. <laughs>
0: I love how they're all kind of taking on qualities of the others.
3: Yes. Like
0: Ray is like dishing out Abigail insults. <laughs> <laughs> Tally's attacking like real. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Hag
3: is the Abigail special. So.
2: <laughs>
3: <Exactly>. Patent pending. <laughs>
0: Shout out to Libba's wife, the first and, one to be uh, called to Sea Hag.
3: I miss her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Libba. Libba. I
0: think I need like some flashback sequences or something. You bring Libba back. <laughs> <laughs> right. And where is Glory?
1: I'd like to see Glory
3: again. Oh yeah. Glory's been gone for a minute. She's in war college. She's in there somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, she made it in, and then we never saw her again. Like, <laughs> Bring
3: back Glory and Libba.
0: <laughs>
3: Holds my lighter up.
0: <laughs> oh, that is it for this episode, uh, episode four, Not Our Daughters. Um, any closing thoughts before we go?
3: Um, I'm really loving the kind of... Um, how the season is shaping up in terms of characterization. Like there's still, you know, a lot of mystery. There's still a lot of moving pieces. But I'm really enjoying, you know, part of partly what we were saying what we were saying earlier about them taking on each other's um, you know, behaviors and, and ideas, but also just, you know, they're able to kind of be apart and have their own you know, issues and then come together and support each other. And it just really feels very, really organic. So I'm liking so far how that's going. Me too.
0: Yeah, I agree. We hope you enjoyed our recaps of episodes three and four of Motherland Fort Salem season two. And as always, if you'd like to support, uh, please subscribe, rate, review, share the show on social media, whatever you want to do. Um, Questions and comments can be sent to at It's Recap Madness on Instagram and Twitter, or you can reach us by email at RecapMadness at gmail.com. We will see you next week for Episodes 5 and 6. Yay! Bye-bye!
3: bye bye